This is a Podfire production. This podcast may have explicit themes and swearing and may not be suitable for children. The world is full of amazing people and once a week I get the opportunity to interview one of them. My name is Brett McCallum and this is Awesome Humans. G'day guys, it's Brett McCallum. I'm your host of Awesome Humans, the podcast that brings together some of the most amazing people on this awesome planet of ours to tell us their stories. We have a few laughs sometimes, a few tears, but most of all it's about them and who they really are. Welcome to Awesome Humans. Between myself and my guest today, we've played eight games of AFL. We've had 82 kicks, 18 marks, marks, can't even speak, 32 handballs. We kicked two goals and four behinds across an eight-game career with three wins and five losses. Just to let you know, I didn't do any of that. So that's just my guess. My guest stands at five foot seven inches tall, weighs 62 kilos, and played the hardest game on the planet at a professional level. Corey Bell's a former Australian rules football player. Yep, the hardest game on the planet. He played for the Brisbane Bears in the Australian Rules Football League, the AFL. One of the smallest footballs to play in the AFL, Bell was a rover for Southport when he was called up to the Brisbane midway through the 91 season. Bell had 16 disposals on debut against Richmond at Carrara and appeared in seven more games for the Bears. That year, they also won the Premiership winning team for the reserve grade. Bell continued to be involved in football after his playing career ended as a development manager of AFL Queensland. Done a bit here, done a bit there. I think he went to the West Coast. I think he went to the Gold Coast. He's been everywhere, this bloke. But we're going to hear about more of that today. He was a Gold Coast City Council sports attraction officer. We might go there a bit as well. And he's about to take on a new role with Next Level Racing, an awesome Gold Coast company. He's a legend, and I'm very excited to have him in my studio today. Mr. Corey Bell, how are you, brother? Brett, thank you. You like the intro? Mate, that is... I I could listen to that over and over. That's as good as the intros get. (laughs) Thanks very much, buddy. Hey, way I always like to start this podcast is what's your first ever memory? How far back can you go? Uh, That's it. What a ripping question. Thank you very Um, much. It goes back to I was uh, born and raised to 14 in Victoria. Um, What's the first one there? How far back? It probably goes back to my, say, my first football game. That I went to, sat on the hill at Moorabbin. How old? Five, six year old. You love footy then? Oh, I think I it's in really my. I didn't really understand it. I think it's in my DNA. Yeah. Is it? And 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 my dad was a very successful sports person. Played uh, basketball with Lindsay Gaze mm-hmm. um, in Victoria. A great man. Yep, and was a great uh, cross country runner. And Mum had a swimming background where she was a New South Wales swimming champion there. So there was a there's a little bit of athletic a bit of cut blood. But no AFL. And okay. so for me, I think it was, again, I think it's just in your DNA. And, and I've got a son who's been quite successful in yeah. his career. We'll talk about it a bit later. But I think it's either in you or it's not, Brett. And, and that was my first memories as a five or six-year-old on the hill at Moorabbin. Um, you know, I watched St Kilda in that 70s, 80s period. And if they got within sort of six goals of, of winning, you know, sadly for them at that time, that, that, that was, was like a win, you know, <laughs> and, um, you, you become resilient to enjoying the wins and, and when they got done, but, um, you know, St Kilda footy club gave me such a great grounding, you know, for a lot of years till we moved away at 14. So I like to jump around a bit, right? And I reckon I will too. Awesome. <laughs> I love it. So what's the best ever Corey Bell story? What's the go-to? You're in a, you're in a bar with the boys, we're having a chat, 
And someone tells you a story and you've got to go one better. What's the best ever? All right. The, the best story that I've got is that um, in my first season of AFL, I was 60 kilos, 59 kilos. I'm certainly not that Should now, Brett. Jockey. Yep. Matty Campbell, who used to play with me, said... Daddy said if things don't work out, you'd go really well at Flemington on a Saturday. <laughs> and, uh, and we used to joke about that. Um, but a, a really long story short is that um, Dave Matthews, who's the now CEO of, of um, GWS Giants, mm-hmm. um, he actually was sitting in the crowd in one of my games of AFL when I played down at Geelong. And when we ran out onto the field, him and his mates were sitting there um, – in, in the actual sort of grandstand. And I came running out looking like one of the Oz kickers had followed out uh, the team onto <laughs> the field. Who's the special field. kid with yeah, the ball in his head? Who's the little eight-year-old <laughs> that thinks he's playing? And uh, they all turned around at each other. And Dave's a good friend and, and he wouldn't mind me telling this story. And uh, and so I run out, play against the great Gary Ablett and, you know, the Barry Stonehams of the world and yeah. Geelong had Ken Hinckley, that amazing team at that time and um, Gary Budahocking. It was, a, it was a real superstar team. team. yeah. And what was unbeknownst to me was um, that they were sitting there going, who the hell is Corey Bell? That become a bit of a war cry between <laughs> these guys and and they're all mates and and so anyway um you fast forward live it's it's a small world out there yeah, very small dave became my boss in the afl in 19 oh, 97 98 and we were i was working at redlands in my first job out of uni and and i was a development officer and we'd we'd run the biggest oz kick in queensland and he wanted to come up and see why it was so big and why we'd been successful. And anyway, his phone rang and he was with myself and the state manager, Dean Warren. And he said, look, I just got to go for a sec. And he took the call and he didn't come back for about 10 or 20 minutes. Anyway, he come back and we sort of overlaid and showed him what had happened. And what had happened was um, that each time they'd ring each other, they'd say, who the hell is Corey Bell? As... (laughs) Part of their thing. But the funny part of the story that I didn't know, Brett, was I'm standing next to Dave, so he couldn't say that. So he was around the corner laughing his head off for 20 minutes till he could. Because he's next to Corey Bell. That's right. Oh, that's then, so good. And then he finally got composed, and then, you know, we've been friends for 20 years, and that's where that came from. When did you find out? Uh, I think it was a few years later at a Christmas party where we'd had one or two beers and yeah. he said, do you remember that time where, uh, cause I left Redlands and then went to work for the AFL and we're at a Christmas party in Queensland and he said, remember that time where I just rudely disappeared for 20 <laughs> minutes? I said, yeah, yeah. He goes, well, you wouldn't believe it. My mate rang and said, hey, you didn't say who the hell's Corey Bell. And Dave <laughs> said, that's cause I'm standing next to him. <laughs> so it's, um, it's oh, a long winded story, but it's. What are the chances of that? And and I'm, in some fun way, so proud of that. that oh, without doubt. You know, so you got this group of blokes that are always answer the phone. Who the hell's Corey Bell? Bell? Yeah, and and so um, <laughs> so it's so yeah, good. it's a fun. It's and that was a little bit of a story in our AFL circles. Um, I love that. Yeah. Do they still do it these days? I don't know. I don't know. I haven't <laughs> talked to Dave for a while, but um, hopefully they do. Oh mate, that's so good. It's like my cousin. We always answer the phone. Hey, motherfucker. Right. <laughs> And no matter where they are, like she's in the middle of a big photo shoot with Coke on the phone. Hey, motherfucker! 
<laughs> and she's going, hello, are you at work, are you? <laughs> so there's a good example of so funny. the who the, the hell's Corey hell is Corey I'm going to answer my phone now. And I, and I reckon if, if I can ad lib a bit and not put words in their mouth, I reckon the who the hell might have been the magic word as well. So, <laughs> <laughs> Mate, There's no rules on this podcast. You can say magic words. It's, it's all, all good. I'm trying to have etiquette. Oh, God. So where were you born? Uh, born in Glen Waverley. Um, what hospital? Yeah, Glen Waverley Hospital. Mm-hmm. And um, grew up basically, from what I can recall, down in Cranbourne. So down in the southeast um, Gippsland area. And, um, you know, it was pretty rough and ready sort of area at the time. Um, what mum and dad emerging. Do? So, um, so basically mum and dad had started a business where... They did. They were the first ever in Victoria to do um, childcare supplies in a mobile van in the eighties. Oh, wow. Which Clever. now you'd go, oh, yeah, there's a million of them. Mm. But back in the eighties, Dad was pretty innovative. Before that, he actually won the salesman of the year for a company called 3M nationally. Wow, big and, company. Yeah, and Mum and Dad got to go travel to Fiji for a week. And nice. again, back in the eighties, pretty cool. And as kids, you know, we got left at home. We we yeah. didn't make the cut. And no, of uh, course not. And I was really proud of Dad and Mum because they both worked really hard and and that was probably my first inference to going, my dad's a really good salesman and great with, you know, relationships. And Mum was as well. And they started this business. It was hugely successful. Um, and then we were holidaying up here. Every school holidays, we loved the water. And so my three brothers, um, Sorry, myself and my two brothers, the three of us, would sit in the back of the van and we'd hammer up here for school holidays. We had a little apartment. We'd go water skiing, back in the van on the Saturday, back to school Monday and did that each holidays to the point where... So it was that 2,000 Ks, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And wow. and that was back in the day where you just couldn't afford to fly five people. Of course not. You know, and it so was the old skinny road as well, so it would have took you like yeah. nearly two days to get here. Dad was a freak. He'd do the 20-hour <laughs> run and he just I read on it. I've got this. I've got this. And we're like, oh. <laughs> and we're talking to him. And, and, and you know, mum and dad brought the three of us up, great upbringing, and, and lived in the water. And then mum and I found a house, um, you know, on Helensvale Road just here on the Gold Coast mm-hmm. that was on um, acreage and on a little river and couldn't believe the price because it was so different yeah, to Melbourne. Yeah, and um, long story short, talked that in to the five of us. Went, yep, where they bought, they bought the house, sold the business, sold the unit, and sold their house in Melbourne in about thirty days. Wow. And next minute, I'm going to school at Coomabar High here on the Gold Coast. So, what was your first school you went to? Down in uh, yeah, Cranbourne Primary, and then Cranbourne so High how School. How old were you? Um, oh, so you were, you come up here in high school? Yeah, I was in grade nine. So it's it's a funny age to move states, you know. When you when you're in that that middle, where do you fit in the three? Are you uh, f- I'm the oldest, the oldest of, yeah. of two others, and you've met my other brother I Trav. Have, yeah. So how old's Trav? What's the difference? Travy boy's three years younger. Yeah. So and then my brother below that's Gavin. So yeah. I had Trav and Gav. Easy to remember. <laughs> there you go. And uh, he's um, another four years. We're seven years apart. So seven years. Yeah. So and you know ripping brothers, just yeah. great great boys, and and all got on great. All love the footy. Life's good. Life's so. good. So do you remember back in primary school? Yeah, I do. I do remember primary school a bit. I, and I'll tell you why. I'll tell you. I'm going to go into a lot of footy That's stories fine. here. But um, I went to a school where, again, back in that day, St Kilda are popular now and a you know, great club. But back in the day, there wasn't a lot of St Kilda supporters, certainly not at our school. Yep. 
Even and, though Plugger was there. Yeah, that's right. And so um, my brother and I, we had um, a guy called Trevor Barker, who was a superstar for St Kilda, War number one, yeah, long yeah. blonde hair. He came out to do a clinic at our school and our PE teacher was mad St Kilda. And so we, mum and dad, become friends and we're all friends or whatever. And we lived in the Hawthorne district. So you were only allowed to have the team out that was in your district. Oh, so, okay. So the Hawks had been out, done clinics before, and that was awesome. And um, a few of my mates actually went on to play for Hawthorne at nine, under 19s and, mm-hmm. and Resi's level out of the region. And, um, yeah, there was this one super clinic where the PE teacher, Mike, his name was, actually organised Trevor Barker to come and do a bit of a clinic, more as a, as a, a thank you to him. And why not? So long story short there, my brother and I, the only kids in St Kilda gear, <laughs> end up in the photo with Barks and the PE teacher. And that made the front page of the paper. Yeah. And you fast forward 30 odd years, I've still actually got the photo, which I'll show you, Brett. Yeah. And, and, um, and, and it's really special because sadly Trevor Barker, Post. you know, yeah, lost, lost his battle with illness in the mid 90s. Um, and was a one club player that, that could have, you know, potentially gone to other clubs and whatnot. And again, I'll fast forward really quickly, but we sort of kept a bit of a relationship. When we moved up here to the Gold Coast at 14, um, when the Saints played here at 15, Barks was actually, I think, the team manager or he had a GM of footy role mm-hmm. or something with St Kilda. So we were obviously the family, like, let's go watch them in Brisbane watched him play and then we stayed back after the the game and caught up with him and he remembered the family and, and sort of remembered us. And then I didn't know this, but he tracked my career through the state program. So I, was, I made the state team as a 15, 16 and 17 year olds and played in the, in the Teal Cup. Yep. And I had made no rep sides in Victoria. And so um, I was, I'm skipping forward a little bit here into right. grand final day. But I was fortunate enough to play in AFL Reserve Grade Grand Final in 1991. Um, that year, I actually went on and won the best and fairest for the Resies and played with the likes of the Sean Hearts and Matty Kennedys of the world. So, oh, yeah. super proud. I was 18. I I didn't know what was going on. I'd, I'd had some guys yelling out in the crowd, who the hell's Corey <laughs> Bell? Um, and what I <laughs> – it's a pretty cool story, this, because we'd had a big night out. I was only just legally able to drink probably nine months. We had a big night out, just made the flight. Everyone's celebrating. It was a pretty big deal here on the Gold Coast oh, that the Bears had won this premiership. Mm. Um, we played in front of 70,000, 80,000 people wow. at Waverley, the Angry Anderson year. Yeah, yeah. And anyway, we're flying home and I thought, oh, I'll just duck down to the toilet. We're about a third of the way through the flight and all my mates are at the front. And Anyway, there's this guy with blonde hair sitting there. And he goes, hey, Corey. And I'm like, no way. And it's Trevor Barker. Wow. And he's on the plane flight to the Gold Coast with a couple other players, Michael Roberts and um, uh, Jeff uh, Colling and Gary Colling, sorry. And so a couple of the Saints boys, they were coming up to have you know, a couple of weeks or whatever. Mad Monday, yep. And so anyway, um, he's on this flight. And he says to one of the boys, oh, mate, can you jump over there? I want to catch up with Corey. So the guy I'd idolised all, all of my life as young, young, Trevor, cool the great Trevor Barker, is on my flight home on probably one of the best 24 hours of my yeah, sporting yeah. career. 
And all he wanted to do was talk about my career the last three years because he'd followed me. Isn't that from, amazing? Yeah, which I didn't know that. And so um, anyway, we get off the plane and mum and dad are there and my wife of, you know, 27 years, Kel, who was my girlfriend at the time, they're all there. And mum and dad's face and my brother's. When you hopped off We with walk him. off with Bucks <laughs> and they're going, what? Like, A, you've just won the grand final and B, you've dragged Bucks home with you. So um, so that's a really special story, Brett, that I've probably not told too many people because um, I know it was just a fate thing. Yeah, I'm, yeah, not, I'm sure. not overly mega spiritual or anything, but yeah. I sort of believe in that fate stuff and, and that was just fate that he... It's pretty was amazing, it, isn't it? Like flight. someone you've idolised and someone that, that you've looked up to as a footballer and then you get to share the moment. That, yeah. That must have been pretty awesome. And the cool part was not, oh, high five, hey, what well on your flag. It was, hey, mate, so, hey, you bugger off. You'll come and sit yeah, next come to and me. sit here and let's <laughs> chat about it. And, hey, mum, dad going and all that cool stuff, you know. That's and so good. And so how old would he have been then? Bucks, oh, he'd be... He'd be 10 years older than you, wouldn't he? Yeah, he'd be mid-30s probably. Yeah, mid thirties, I would have thought. That's so, pretty cool. So anyway, it's just a, it's just people that know their footy would know yeah, Trevor yeah, Barker sure. and and would think that's a pretty cool little story. So, um, you know, things like that stay with you forever, Brett. They do, mate. They do. People that touch you in different ways, like as uh, and make it's all about the heart, isn't it? And, yeah, totally. And then totally. when someone sadly passes away um, in the nineties from from illnesses, uh, makes it even even that a little bit more special. I think. Yeah, and and then that rock. St Kilda people and it rocked the footy world and and you know there's people I think that had just met him he's just a not he was just a great guy and he and he just he just he was St Kilda like he you know he he was in in that eighties period like we just we we'd go to the footy and we watch the under nineteens play then we watch the resin and watch the seniors. Mama pack sandwiches, and yet, you know that <laughs> mum go to the footy too. Yeah, Did she was like into it. it. Yeah, yeah, she's a great footy mum and. Um, the thing is, uh, we watch all day on the Saturday, and as I said, they do it tough, and then we go and play Sunday, and you'd, you'd almost want to just play your heart out because, like, a redemption in your own oh, head, if that makes doubt. sense. And, um, but, you know, love St Kilda, like, that was great. But then when I come to the Gold Coast, I started barracking sort of allegiance to Brisbane. Yeah. And, and had all of those um, things of, like, oh, how good would that actually be to play AFL Brisbane, and that happened three years after moving here. So, were you I, seventeen when it. you um seven or eighteen when you made your debut? Yeah. So, what basically what happened was there was ten of us from the Gold Coast in the Teal Cup side, and the, and a squad of twenty five, and ten of us got invited to top up the final ten spots for the Bears over the summer. Mm-hmm. So they had a list of fifty. Twenty had gone play in the preseason answer cup. They had thirty left over. They need another 10 to top up for 40, 20 on 20. Yep. A series of six practice games. And for me, um, I always thought, oh, this is just great. I've got the jumper. I've got the shirt. <laughs> it's okay. I'm running around with guys like David Bain, Roger Merritt, yeah. Alex Ashenko, John Gastev, Brad Hardy won a Brownlow. Yeah. And I'm thinking, you know, this, this is a pretty cool experience. Like if this is where the end of the train tracks are, that's fine. I'll take this. And I think because I was so relaxed and even in awe a bit, I didn't, I wasn't overly worried too much about where it went. Um, were you smart or were you quick or what were you? Or uh, you were relaxed? I'll say this humbly. There's a lot of things, oh, of I, a lot of things I didn't have, Brett. I, I could barely bench 80, you know, kg. We Plus, only weighed 60. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I could, 
the colour things I could do, I could run all day. So yeah. I, I did the cross country background of dad. Um, I was good over 20 metres yeah. and terrible over 100. Me too. I think I was the slowest at Brisbane. You were running right over three Ks, I reckon. And I was pretty handy at that. <laughs> yeah. I think uh, I think in the day I used to run, my best time ever was 14.49 for 5K. So that's, that's good. three minutes a K. So that, that's hooking. Um, and the, the third part I think that I had, which Rodney Eat, who was my resi's coach. Um, and, Not a bad coach. And was a good coach and had a lot to do with my career as Norm Dare did and, and um, Robert Walls did is... He just said, go and play. Just go and find the footy. We'll back you in. And so it's funny how they coach. They coached a little bit around me to be offensive and not so defensive. Mm. I could tackle and I could hold my own, but they're like, we don't, we've got other blokes that can do that. We, we want you to go and do it. You didn't. So, um, you know, in the grand final, I had 28 possessions, which was the most in the game and was able to play my role yeah. of winning enough footy for us you know, to, to go on and win the grand final. Was that your first so. ever grand final win? Uh, no, I was, I was fortunate enough to have played in sides where we'd had success and, mm-hmm. and that's good teammates and good coaches, Yeah, Brett. of course. So, um, that's a good feeling, though. Yeah, it's a great feeling <laughs> and I think one of the things I really was good at was getting myself up for really big games. So um, we played in the State of Origin game. Queensland played Victoria B in 91. Mm-hmm. So the middle of the year when I was debuting and I played those eight games... They actually picked me for the Queensland side and it was a bit of a, what I'd call a quasi-Queensland side. If you'd lived here for two or three years, you were allowed to play. So Roger Merritt played, Brad Hardy, a few of those sort of guys that had played, you know, other states. And Mark Sashcroft was coming through, um, you know, who's a a good mate and and taught me so much. And um, there was a lot of us young Queenslanders in that team, Steve McClucky and... um, we were able to get ourselves up that day. Norm Dare coached us. Rodney Ede was the runner. So it was a, almost a bit of a shuffle around of the yeah, Bears. Yeah. But we all knew each other. And Vic, the Vic B came, team came up. And Jim Steins played that year. Wow. And he won the Brownlow that year. So he was emerging yeah. to the point where he won the Brownlow. But he wasn't in the Vic A side. And so... <laughs> I so think the Brownlow winner didn't make the Vic A side. Yeah, yeah. That, but that's how strong their second yeah. side was. And... Um, they rightly so. I think if there was betting in the day, it would have been a dollar and five or dollar yeah. and ten. They just had so much talent there. And and long story short, we we just hung in all day, and we ended up on a really hot July's day at the Gabba with the old dog track. We yeah. um, we actually ended up winning the game. Oh and, really? Uh, and for me, that that again, I didn't know what had happened. I was just you're in the heat of the battle, and next minute we've pinched the game. And that's amazing. Um, to wait to win a men's state of origin game, you know, Huge. is 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 massive. And um, one of the coolest moments of that was um, the Vic team sort of mingled with us after the game, crossed over a bit in the change rooms, and um, and a gentleman by the name of Bob Skilton come over and. Uh, yeah, you know, triple Brownlow medalist. <laughs> and G'day, Bob. And he goes, G'day, son. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's Bob Skilton. <laughs> and so I just want to say I thought you were great today. And, um, you know, you did us little blokes proud. And, and um, well done. I think you've got a great future. And, um, I, again, when they come to you with that, that's pretty, Brett, that's pretty cool. Like, like my AFL career only went over two or three years. And to have those special moments was, was really cool. 
So. Oh, without a doubt, mate. But the fact you've had an AFL career, it's <laughs> that simple. As I mentioned at the start, we've done all that stuff between us. You've done it all, but I did none of it. But anyway. Hey, let's get away from footy for a minute. Yeah, it'd be good. You said Dad was a basketball player. Yes. You're four foot three. How four tall, foot nothing. How tall was Mum? Uh, no, nah, Mum and Dad sort of quite, I'd say, shorter in stature. So yeah. Dad Dad so was, dad a, was point a shooter. Guard. Yeah. yeah. And... Left-hander and just all I remember is watching him and he just didn't miss. He just... Do you remember watching him play? Yeah, he ju- he just put the ball up and, he, and he'd take a split second. I'm trying to think who he'd be like in basketball these days. but And he just he just had this really nice action and a really good eye. Yeah. And, and he just would drop him from anywhere. And so what level did he play at? Yeah, I think at, at that Victorian level. Yeah. So as I said, with, the, the, with, the, Lindsay, yeah, with the Lindsay Gazers of the world and... Um. Yeah. He. He. Yeah. He. He loved his basketball and he could play. And do you like footy? Yeah. He. He. Like. He's mad on footy. Yeah. And he, he got a really good footy brain, Dad. Like, he. He saw trends that I couldn't see. That he taught me things. You, you always were coached by your coaches, but then when you, you have the parent, you always get coached by your dad. The though. parent meeting and on the way yeah. home in the car. I remember one of my games I think in my first AFL year and I'm like oh dad did you see that goal and uh how how was my third quarter and he goes yeah but you missed this and missed that and that and you got to work on that and I'm you know I'm going okay so he dad was great because he he was the most proudest person in the planet but kept it real as well so which you got to do I've tried to parent the same way a bit without being the Grinch I've tried to you know be your biggest, uh, both your kids' biggest fans. Without doubt. But then be also honest with them without crushing them, if you like. No, but for I sure. I think that's a good balance. So. Oh, mate, without doubt. And these are great things that we learn from our you know? parents. And I know you do that. You do a bit of your yeah. coaching with yeah, the I basketball. Yeah, I coach the kids and uh, I just tell them how it is. I'm pretty blunt, pretty brutal. Oh, Dad, did you see that three-pointer? I'm like, yeah, what about the six you missed? <laughs> <laughs> you little dick. Anyway, give him a smack. No, don't do that. We always encourage we uh, we parent by encouragement. Yes, we do. We do. So <laughs> sometimes but, it's a uh, very tongue in cheek uh, encouragement. We, yeah, but that's okay too. And what? Our mum was a swimmer. You said. Yeah, mum was really really good swimmer and taught swimming lessons and all that sort of stuff. And she's just super athletic and and um, yeah, just I don't know enough about what she achieved. If you like, in that. she's from New South Wales. We, I she lived there for some time. So we like so, her more than we like you. Yeah, that's so right. That's, fine. that's New right. South but um, yeah, she's yeah she's got that little bit of sort of pedigree there, if you like, as well, which is cool because I think that's um, my son doesn't like swimming, yeah, but he used to go into all of the school um, swimming and races and go real close and beat squad swimmers and you know everyone's going oh, how did that happen and I'd go mate, why don't you take this up and he goes oh, I just yeah he loves his footy and um, he loves surfing and he loves. Adventure sports, he's four-wheel driving and all that stuff. So, Which is good. He gets that off his dad. Uh, yeah, the f- I'm not real mechanical, Brett, if I'm, I'm honest. So uh, the fact that he's done a Ford Ranger up and got the tent on the top and all that, I'm pretty proud of him. Yeah, um, but I think there's a bit of my dad and my brother coming through there. No, so. that, that's a good thing. So when you're back in school, you're good, bad, ugly, jock, nerd, what are you? Uh, this will be really corny, but probably just a nice guy. Just, I think it's not corny. That's I who think you are. I think I think I was little. I had blonde hair, and I was just everyone's friend. And yeah. I think 
that was my way of not getting bashed or, mm-hmm. you know. Especially in the day, they used to, yeah, flush <laughs> your head down the toilet. Oh, Cr- Cranbourne was tougher. Was Cranbourne, it? Oh, yeah, like Cranbourne, Cranbourne was tougher than Cooma. Cooma, in the day, and Scott Sattler's a good friend who yeah. went to the school, um, and he, you know, and others, you, you, a lot of us were first and second year of Cooma High opening, so it was almost yeah. a bit like a private school, even though it was a high school. So, yeah, yeah. so we were a bit... Lucky in that regard where um, Cranbourne High was a great school, but, um, yeah, you just had to sort of be on your guard a little bit more there. So so did you ever – did you always just want to play footy or did you have a I'm going to be an engineer or I'm going to – what was your career of, nah, of that, choice? That's, that's a good point. Um, when, I, when I was at Cranbourne, I was actually pretty smart in that crew. I was in sort of maths and physics and different yep. things and – I had wonderful teachers and Cranbourne High was a great school and really enjoyed my time there. And um, when I came up here, um, again, I'd pr- I probably thought, oh, well, if if I'm in a strong or low cohort, that'll tell me. But all my levels transferred. So I was in good maths classes and physics and whatever. So I sort of thought, well, I love sport and that's what I want to do. But if that falls over, then I sort of want to plan B with, with school and want to mm-hmm. get a good score and I actually repeated school so back I don't know if many do it now but back yeah, it was a thing wasn't it it was a bit yeah. of a thing and and my 18th year the second year of school was when I played AFL so I was still technically I'd do school till 10 o'clock at, um on a Friday and then um you know so my, you were still at Coombabar when you were playing for the Lions yeah I was oh, wow, so every cool. second Friday I'd fly down and the school were great um you know, they'd really look after me to, to do all that. And I got the TE score in the day yep. that I needed to get into university the second time around. The first one I didn't. And some of that was because my footy was going so well. Mm. And so, you know, there's only so I many hours in the else. day. Yeah, I'm that's it. Be a footy player, Dad. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. So, um, but yeah, yeah, that 18th year of my life was good. I, I got a good score at school, went into uni, and I was playing AFL footy. Is so. that when you met your missus? Yeah, I did. So we never dated at school. We oh, you went to school together. Yeah, though. we did, yeah. and um, we were in a big group of friends, and uh, I think we were affectionately known as the Sportos. So there was sort of the netball girls and the <laughs> and the and the and I'll say the rugby league guys, and I was the outcast as the AFL player. ASL, yeah. Um, but what was good was that the guys that played league, who were all good mates of mine and good touch football players, they came and tried AFL because mm-hmm. they're like, we like you. There must be something in this, you know. They used to give us to us about the shorts and yeah. all that sort of stuff, and um, but they came and tried it, and and Sats and about six other mates from League, yeah, it, back from Commonwealth Bank um, Cup or whatever it yeah. was in the day, that they, they were stars against Kiva and all that. But they come and tried AFL. We went on and were runner up in the state at Carrara in the state final. We did the exact same thing in high school in year eleven, yeah. year twelve. All of the rugby and the league players come across because we're all AFL players. What school? Uh, the entrance high school. Oh yeah, on the central coast. But we, um, so we made the the final, the state final, and it was half the team had never that played AFL so before. Cool. We had basketball players in there. We had all these different guys, but they were just such a good group of mates. Yes, like you're saying yes. with Sats and that, and the fact that they all just wanted to play for each other. We had three guns. We had three really good guys. Yep. But at the same time, is for everyone else. Play your position. Hold on to that bloke. Don't let him pass you. And they were just all over it. That was us. It and was and, so good. and I remember to the day. I don't know why I can't remember what I did last week. But 
Um, I remember Stats going, what do you need me to do? I go, you're coming in the middle with me. Yep. Another one of my mates was <laughs> you're really... You're over. What's yeah, that? Yeah. Just follow I me. S- yeah. And I said, <laughs> I need you just to tackle and block. And we had a big, tall guy that uh, is, was a prop forward. Yeah. And he, he was actually... He would have been a good AFL player in the day. And I said, all you got to do is just get this ball and hit it as hard as you can. And, and there was a couple... Of, we had a good team. Sort of had a half-hour team and played a bit of club. And then yeah. the other half was all leagueies and... and we just gelled beautifully, and and That's a good um, feeling, isn't it? yeah, it, it was really cool. And we got beaten in the final by literally, I think it was Mary Mac High beat us, and a lot of my mates who I was in state system with or played against club were all at that school, and they were just too talented, but they. I remember after the game and going, oh, my God, that's the toughest, hardest game <laughs> of AFL I've ever played in my life. So, um, and Sats and I still talk about it when we catch up now. We He goes, oh, I love that belly when we played AFL and um, I learnt so much. And, and I said, and, and I run this as a joke and take this as yeah. a gag. And I said, oh, it's good because we actually, I was able to teach you how to tackle and you've been able to, you know. <laughs> you've di- done it right since di- then. <laughs> you've been able to dine off on that in the grand final when, whenever we have banner. But um, he could tackle. He taught me how. Well, there, insane, there's a cool thing. He, he, he taught me how to tackle, which I was then able to take on to my AFL. But that's um, the big thing AFL stuff up in, right? And the Gold Coast is the worst for it. And that is the fact. If you see the Sydney Swans train with the Roosters at least once a week. We'll teach you how to kick. You I teach us that. how to tackle. Yep. Um, Melbourne Storm, exactly the same. They train with Collingwood and all these other. We'll teach you how to tackle. You teach us how to kick. And that's what's changed the game of rugby league because they've actually come together and they can now kick a ball 60, 70 metres yep. downfield, even though it's a different shape and a different feel. But at the same time is the AFL um, guys can now tackle properly because they've been taught by guys that tackle for a Yeah, league. I remember... Um Sean Hart, I remember, did some kicking stuff for Burley Bears at, mm-hmm. at one stage there. And um, way back in the day, Robert Walls and I think Wayne Bennett sort of got on well in the in the early 90s. And I remember we had a crossover day mm-hmm. in what I'd call neutral sports um, where the Bronx and the Bears actually got together in Brisbane. And great idea. It was a great experience. And that was a long time. That was, you know, 30 plus years ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, and those guys were so athletic and good at their thing. But they had a respect for what we could do as well. Yeah. Um, and you run into some of them, you know, in places and, like, and you go, oh, you wouldn't remember me, but we did. And they go, no, we remember that day. And that was really cool. And they should you do know? that all the time. Like it's, yeah. it's such a, a unique thing because they're such different sports. And both sports have got their upsides, yeah, if you like, and, and things to bring to the table. But the good, best example I can sort of see of that is your likes of and don't quote me on this, but yeah, your Billy Slater's going yep. to St Kilda for a couple of years. I'm sure that he would have taught things from the league world and, and I'm, I'm no doubt, like you were saying, when he was at Melbourne Storm, he would have, you would have thought he'd been getting kicking coaches off, off players and clubs and whatever as well. So it's, I love the crossover. I think collaboration's my favourite word. You know yeah. this, uh, Brett. So, you know, the more the merrier. Mate, this year we had a uh, really sad loss, and that was Shane Warne. Um, I know he was a massive St Kilda fan, like uh, like you are. And uh, at the same time, he played a bit for St Kilda as well. Did you ever come across Warney when he was playing, or was that because it would have been around our time? Yeah, they had um they had a development squad in the eighties, St yeah. Kilda. They were really ahead of their time, and I believe he was in that. Okay. And I, and and I'll say I reckon I saw him play without remembering yeah, the play. Yeah, yeah. But there was him and your Craig Devonports and all these guys that came through, I think, in the 80s 
Um, Simon O'Donnell, believe it or not, he Shane was. Cricketer, yeah, yeah. was in that St Kilda, um, mm-hmm. you know, program as well. So they're the antidotes that that I can remember. But um, they reckon, from what from what I know, from a long way away, they reckon he could really play uh, footy as well, yeah. and and loved it, but just chose the cricket path versus the footy one. And that's the reason I raise it is the fact that. Everyone, like I always played basketball and AFL. Most of the guys either played basketball, AFL. Some played yep. like AFL on the Sunday because we always played Sundays, but they played rugby on a Saturday. And I coached this, this young kid in my son's team. His name's Ben. He got our MVP at basketball this year, but he's an AFL player. Like right. This kid will make it. Yep. He's, he's yep. just very, very talented athlete. You can just see by the way they run up and down the court and that sort of stuff. Yeah. But he's a naturally gifted athlete. Like if you like guys like Warney, O'Donnell, all that sort of stuff, they're naturally gifted athletes. Yeah. Well, my, my and they can play any sport. So yeah. I find it really interesting and intriguing why a lot of these talent people out there aren't going to these kids and saying AFL's like, come on, yeah, let, yeah. let's go. I, I, I reckon it is out there. Yeah. I, I reckon it's out there. And I've got a quick story about sort of – what we used to call, I worked for the AFL for 10 years and I was really fortunate. I, I worked in that Brisbane region across 2000, about 2007 before I come down to the Suns and I'll chat to that in a minute. But um, part of our role was Auskick School, um, club footy and rep footy. And so coming home one Friday night, I used to do the drive um, from the Goldie up, uh, based out of the Gabba and... There was a game at John Paul College. We're playing someone in the APS um, schools comp that we used to run. And we had a kid um, who went on to play AFL um, called Jesse White that was at John Paul College. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, oh, I'll just call in, see how Jesse's going. He was about 17. And, um, you know, we knew he was pretty much going to get drafted, but we just wanted to make sure he was doing all the right things and, and that sort of thing. So I get to the game <clears throat> Anyway, the ball gets balled up, and I'm like, oh, wow, gee, Jesse looks like he's got taller. Oh, wow, he looks really athletic. He's just won the first three hitouts. He's hit the ball to himself, um, but he's missed his foot a couple of times. Gee, kicking's gone off the ball. And I, and I wasn't really good at watching games at twilight because of my eyes, and so I thought I'll just duck out the middle, say hello to Jess, whatever, anyway. I'm walking out and there's this big tall guy there and, and the da- and the dad of this guy comes out and it wasn't Jesse's dad and I'm like, oh, okay, this is – and as I got it's closer, <laughs> it's not Jesse. And I'm going, oh, wow. And I'm like, hey, Matt, how you going? He goes, really good. Is everything all right? I said, everything's fantastic. I said, we've got this rep program. We'd love you to come down and, and try out. And the, the dad goes, oh, look, I really like you. Long story short, he goes, I really like you. We'll bring our boy down. The boy comes down, has – two or three years in our system, ended up playing for Mount Gravatt in the under-18s to just get his footy time up. Next minute, makes a Queensland team, goes on and does some great things. And and I'd rung Mark Browning that night after the game and I'd said, I reckon we found one. He goes, Corey, you ring every week and say you've found one. And <laughs> I said, no, Mark, I, I genuinely think with time. Anyway, you fast forward, that young boy was Sean Hampson. Oh, wow. And Sean Hampson got picked up at pick 18, I think, for yeah. Carlton in the draft. Um, but probably more famously outside of his footy career, has gone on to marry, you know, a Megan Gale and have a, not only a wonderful footy career, but a pretty great life as well. You're and, not wrong there. And we catch up. I've crossed paths with him every now and then. And, and we still have a laugh about, 
He goes, if you hadn't sort of come out and said something, he goes, <laughs> if you hadn't I thought was, I was Jesse White, yeah, <laughs> well, because like, he was on a running scholarship and okay. played soccer, and so I don't know, he might have just drifted off. Yeah, yeah. So you talk about sliding doors, Brett. Mm. He might have gone onto running or soccer or whatever. And it's unbelievable. I was it? just really proud of him because he, you know, it's probably if people saw how far back he'd come from, and he just worked so hard, and and he listened. He he sort of like planned the ruck and go, oh, what do I need to do, and I. We as coaching staff say, oh, just pretend you're a sweeper in soccer or whatever, and he and he could do that. And yeah, because he got that in his head. So yeah, he and, and then he like just that. he just his three years were amazing, and he was in the state system, and that takes him to another level. So was Jesse on the field at the same time? So or Jesse was. Oh, <laughs> go back to poor him. Jesse. Jesse's at full forward and kicked about six goals. <laughs> but I was still watching this guy just. Ringing Mark and just going, Gee, oh. Jesse's grown. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And so I remember Jesse coming up towards the end of the game going, um, hey, Corey, yeah, like I'm, I'm down oh, here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm kick six. So, and they both turn out to be wonderful young, you know, they're probably older men now because yeah. I'm old. But, um, you know, ripping guys. And, and that was the other thing of our job was um, when those boys went to be men and went on to play AFL footy or even QAFL footy was a great achievement mm. in my eyes. Whenever you saw them at the footy or out and about, they'd always come over and have a real respect for us as regional managers or yep. coaches or whatever. And, and um, sometimes sport, you know, is the glue that brings you together with people. Um, it's not necessarily with what you do with them on and off the field. So, No, it's very true, mate. It's very true. One of the things that got me when I first met you was the way – I, I'm I'm very similar to you in the way that I had the pleasure of meeting my wife when she was 17 and I've been married now for 26 years, 27 years. And she's um, a lovely lady. Yeah, she is. And she's a lucky woman. I tell her that every day. <laughs> no, but the thing is you speak openly, speak about loving your wife and lo- and your family and everything to you is all about family. And that's something that, that means a lot to me because it's exactly the same as myself. Like, I, I laugh and I joke and I take the piss out of her on a daily basis. But at the same time is the fact that we've brought these little humans into the world and we've got to bring them up. Like, but at the same time is um, we argue, we fight, but at the same time we love each other dearly. And I think one of the things that got me uh, when we first started chatting was just how openly and honestly you spoke about loving your wife. And that's really important to me is family, right? Yeah. So tell me the Kelly story. The Kelly story. Well, Kelly started in high school, obviously. Kelly and I met in high school. um, And if people are from the Gold Coast, they'll know Kel. Um, She come from a family where her dad was actually one of the bosses of police on the Gold Coast. And and her grandfather was boss of police um, before that. And so I sort of didn't know a lot of the history. Um, Queensland family, mad into their league, love the Bronx, blah, 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 all that sort of stuff. And so um, for me, I came into this family, most lovely family, and Kel had a sister and a brother and they had partners and Kel's dad was really loved to me as Kel's mum was, um, you know, when she was here. And and um, just so lucky to come into a family like that, had a great family and then to come into a family. But um, – if I'm honest, and we, we joke about it now because I'm 27 years into the, <laughs> you know, into it. And um, and and the thing is, is that, um, and, and Kel's dad says this, this at, a, at the wedding. She goes, oh, he goes, never seen Kel happier, blah, blah, blah. This young athletic guy, always smiling, you know, jumping around, whatever. 
but he's from the wrong code. And <laughs> and that was the joke at my wedding, but it was actually the truth. And we all laughed and and um and I got a wonderful relationship with Kel's dad and um Were you shit scared when you first started going out because he was the head of police? Oh I'd be lying if I didn't say <laughs> yes. So but but only from an unknown point of yeah, view. Yeah, yeah. Um he he's actually just such a lovely guy and and whatever. But and all and all of our friends at school would always say, you know, like if you get into trouble, you know, just drop Kel's dad's name and that, that was sort of the gag as well. And, um, you know, if, if you'd been out drinking or having some fun and, um, but I, I'll circle back to Kelly, like, um, why the love and admiration for her is there. She's an amazing woman. And, and as all my friends and family let me know, I'm batting way over. I'm hearing you. Way over, like <laughs> dead set, heavyweight via lightweight. Yeah, so, but what Kel's sacrificed in her life for let me achieve with my footy and then with my career as well of, of oh well even this year you know we'll talk to the sport officer role but you know I've been overseas three times this year and there's a lot of sacrifice of course there is. goes on you know on the field or off the field with mm-hmm. you know and you'd be the same being a business owner Brett and the hours you keep so for me I'll always be in debt to her yep. um for that and my success is our success and um She's super talented lady. Um, she she's just a star. She she teaches at a local school here. Started a breakfast club for twenty kids. They have one hundred and fifty turn Love up. That. She's secured fifteen thousand in funding, which will pay for the next two or three years. And it's all off the back of her beautiful nature, just wanting to help other people. And and she's a prep teacher by day as well. So, yeah. and then we got two kids that have sort of spawned out of that. That hopefully carry the values of, of both of us yeah, through that. Sure. So So how did you ask her to marry? Did you get out of one day? Is it a is it a good uh, story or did you just go yeah, yeah. a baby? We um we used to go for picnics up in the hinterland and um we so, just that so was sweet. that was just our thing. That's what you do, <laughs> isn't it? So uh and I think it was up near where the hang gliders are at Mount oh, yeah. Tambourine or Binabur up that way or um and I and I I remember the day super clearly. Um but I don't know exactly the X marks the spot. Yeah, it yeah, is yeah. probably a beautiful big house looking. But I know there was this beautiful freshly cut block of land on this corner of this block and I'd earmarked and I'm like, because it just looked out. It's probably next door to you, Brett, looking out across <laughs> the Gold Coast because I know you've got a beautiful view. And and anyway, pe- packed a hamper and I said, yeah, we're just going to have this picnic. Did and she know? No, she didn't. Oh, she it. didn't. She Did didn't know. Did uh, No, well... It's probably one of my regrets. The answer is no, okay. and I, and we've talked about this. And part of why I didn't, and I've talked to the family about this, was I wanted to surprise her, yep. and I wanted it to come from me. And um, and so it, it's a regret I have. I, I wish I had asked, but I know if I'd asked through the it. Chinese whispers, <laughs> it would have got to us. So, and and I'll tell you the end of the story and the joy that was in her mum's face when we um, walked back in at home. Yeah. So anyway, we. Um, Beautiful picnic, did the one knee thing, got the most amazing Gold Coast sunset weather. And then I've got a little bit of music on and, sh- and some champagne. <laughs> Barry White. And she's yeah, in the background. And and anyway, she's, um, Kel's saying, all right, well, I'm ready to go. Like, I'm ready to go because she's got this beautiful diamond ring on her finger and all she wanted to do was show her mum. Yeah, of course. And, and her family. And yeah, yeah. so um, I said, oh, but I've booked dinner at the Sheridan, like, 
I'd saved about eight months' wages for this dinner. I said, let's go do that, candlelit dinner. And then, so anyway, um, and what gave it away, I think, to her was I think I was quicker up the mountain than down the mountain, <laughs> so in the car. Um, and so coming down the hill, um, we get to Sheridan. Um, you know, Kel and I are pretty relaxed, cruisy eaters. She ate dinner about 10 minutes. Right, yeah, let's go. <laughs> And then we get to Kel's mum and dad's place and I said, don't over-dramatise this. Just let's see if they notice yeah. because... Because there's a I, ring on your yeah, finger. Yeah, and, and again, I hadn't, I hadn't asked and, I, and dad'll live with me. Anyway, we walk in and I watch Kel's mum's eyes and they're just about popping out <laughs> of their head. And, um, Do you reckon they knew? No, they would have had an inkling we yeah, were heading yeah, that yeah. way. And, um, and anyway... Then Kel's got the hand up and she's like showing it around and, and it was a really special day for both of us, but for the whole family and, um, That's awesome. you know, like, and, you know, um, again, had great role models in mum and dad and Kelly's parents that, um, showed us what, you know, a great, great relationships are all about and came, came into a good family and, and, you know, was from a good family. So. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I love that. And then you've got two kids. Yes. I know how much you love your kids. Yeah, I do. Even though your daughter's left you and ditched you and run to another state. She has. <laughs> I hope she listens to this. But. I hope she feels really bad about it. No, she's doing amazing. So, talk to me. When were they born? Who's uh, the first boy or girl? Pretty girl, Brittany Bell. She was born in 98. Um, she's 24 now. And um, if you want to sum her up. Was it a surprise or was it planned? No, nah, it was planned and... and um, you know, we had our kids young and, and we wanted to do that. We, yeah. we had a house and, and wanted to have our kids young. And um, it's something that we absolutely want to do. And, um, you know, pretty, if I can sum her up in one word, is tenacious. 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 Like word. she, in the business world, she's just so tenacious. But, I love it. Butter wooden mountain of mouse, stunning looking like a mum. All the, all the things you go, yep, I think there's one thing. But then there's this other part. And I'll, and I'll talk to her story a bit. She, great at school. I'll skip through that pretty quickly. Was one of the school captain leaders here at St. Stephen's, one of the, the great schools on the coast. And um, she got offered an internship in her first or second year of university um, for the Com Games in 2018. And so I think there was about 1,000 or 1,500 of them. She, long story short, there she basically... Um, did the twelve week program and about week ten they called her into the CEO's office or the main one of the she was in the key office. She wasn't sort of out of venues or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so she had a pretty high level internship. And they called her in and the lady said, um, who was a manager said, Oh, we want to offer you a job. We think you're so talented. You've blown us away. Um, we want you to run to the games for the next eight or nine months. And she said, Right, I'll get back to you. <laughs> and so, and so um, I, she gets home and we chat and Kel and I chat and I said, how'd you go? She goes, oh, I don't know for a job today. I said, oh, did you take it? Like, com games. Like, I'm <laughs> envious. Dream. I work in exactly. sport and I'm envious. <laughs> she goes, no, no, you've always said finish your degree and then take a job. And I'm like, well, every story has an exception <laughs> to the rule and this is one. What degree was she studying? She did a double degree in Bachelor of Business and Bachelor of PR Comps. Okay. So she's so got a really the nice perfect mix. opportunity to take a job at the Commonwealth Games. Correct. Yeah. And so anyway, um, she goes back to work the next day and and they said, Oh, 
how'd you go, Brit? And she goes, yeah, yeah, I'll take the job. And then they said to her, oh, um, can we just ask why you didn't say yes yesterday? And then she goes, oh, my dad's always said, um, you know, and I've taken his advice that you should always finish uni and then take your job. But we chatted around the table last night. And he said, what the hell are you doing? You should have <laughs> took that job. So, um, and that, and I tell that story because she's had a, a few really good mentors in that system, but mm-hmm. You know, there's a lady, Kate, that's quite high up in sport that mentored her as an, in 18. But then, um, you know, when we've just been overseas with two of your uh, gurus, mm. um, uh, Chris and, and Adam, your staff, that, that um, she worked um, on the last 12 months of the Birmingham Games as well. And then you've just uh, mentioned then she's two weeks into being one of the first staff employed out of the Melbourne office for the that's 2026 so Games. And so... For me, I'm so proud of both my kids equally. Yeah. I have no favourites. But I'm really proud of her journey because... <laughs> I have no favourites, but I like her better than you. <laughs> <laughs> but no, love them both because they're both so different. Yeah, of course. And, and I'm just so proud of her because she's um, she's been tenacious and she's, you know, her and a boyfriend packed up their lives 12 months ago. And do we approve of him? Uh, he's a legend, yeah. absolute champion. So I put and, a ring um, on it, is that what we're saying? Ah, uh, yeah, and he when might you're, when you're ready, and yeah, and and he <laughs> might ask me either, and I'm alright with that as that's well, because right I don't want to give the surprise <laughs> up. But um, that's their journey. I'm sure they'll they'll sort that out. But um, she she's well underway now with her career, that's and, so good. and uh, just just really proud of what she's done, and um, yeah, where she's going, and she and you know she's just a lovely young girl. She she she's like an old soul in a young body, so she can sit in a room. With some 40, 50 year olds like yep. us, Brett, and and fit in beautifully, and then and then run with young twenty year olds as well, and and I love that because she's got that nice balance. So, so what did you turn a room into when she left? Is it like a man cave yet? Well, you've mentioned that next level <laughs> racing's the, uh, <laughs> the, the the next step, which we might get to. <laughs> and um, my son, who I'll get to, he said, "Oh, Dad, he goes one of those simulators <laughs> in that <laughs> room would that fit room. <laughs> perfect. I've measured it." <laughs> That's ready to so, go, Dad. Yeah. So, so then there's the boy. Yes, Mitchie Bell. So um, he's he's again beautiful young man. What's the age difference? Uh, so Brittany's twenty four, Mitch is twenty, mm-hmm. and um, he's just a gorgeous young man, bitch, Mitch, and and bitch. yeah, I shouldn't say that, <laughs> Mitch, Mitchy boy. Um, he's just and he's had a rough year, Brett, as you know, and yeah, I'll yeah. get to that in a minute. Um, just just a lovely young boy that that. That's quiet, unassuming, sharp as a tack, um, can sit and listen and just, you know, I'm a bit more out there. Britty's a bit more out there. Mitch is a bit like mum. We're mm-hmm. a bit more quieter, reserved and, and takes things in. And, um, you know, he, he's done really well, got through school, um, is in his fourth year of uni. So he's into the final straight. What's he doing? Bachelor of Business and a Bachelor of Sports Development. Okay. So Sport Development, Griffith Uni, do a bespoke course that's got lots of subparts that okay. that well, well sport if you like want out of their students sort of thing so he's in a there's a core group of 40 that sit in that and he loves the sport bit and he loves the business bit um and he's he's doing really well he's plays he, some good footy too i hear he he does and and i've always been conscious of any of our friends and colleagues that i've played footy with we've all had a consciousness that because you've had that experience at an AFL level or elite level, yeah. even a level below, you don't want to heap that pressure on either your kids, no, of course. Brittany and Mitch. And so 
Um, but I've always been super proud. He's biggest fan. Um, and we're really close. We're really close. He, he'll come to me in breaks and he'll go, Dad, what do you reckon? And, and, and I love that because even if I go, I don't know, mate, or <laughs> um, I'm going to give you the wrong answer, the yeah. fact that he has that opinion of me um, awesome, is awesome. And he never got to see me play. Both the kids were, um, I think Britty was two in my last year or whatever. So, um, so we're really close. And um, contrary to the good banter that I get, oh, what hopes he got, he, he has to play footy. And, you know, people <laughs> say that. Um, he loves his footy. He's yeah. just obsessed with it. And and I say that because uh, he's been going really well. He's in the Suns Academy since he was 13 to 18. Mm-hmm. Um, had a couple of mates going to AFL. He, he was sort of in the mix um, and has gone on to play senior football at Broadbeach Football Club, which and I'm doing a little year, bit. he's done his ACL. He did. And it was when I was overseas um, – you know, on a, the UK yep. mayoral mission with the mayor and 26 businesses, which uh, one was yours. And I don't know, it's just devastating that he did it, but it, it, it rips me even more, the fact that I wasn't here to support mum and him, you know, when it happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd always, you know, I got through my career with no major injury. He's played for 10 or more years and, you know, barely done a hamstring sort of thing. And then to do a serious injury at training was just, just, devastating for him. The positive is great support network around him with the Broadbeach Footy Club. Yep. Um, you know, and I'm going to give Mark Evans a plug. Even Mark reached out and, hey, if there's anything we can do for Mitch, back through the Suns Academy, even though yeah, he's exited. Awesome. Like, that, that's what footy clubs are about. And, yep. and, and it's family, mate. It is family. And, and, I, and I love that and I acknowledge that. And, um, you know, he, he's got a good little career ahead of him. And, and this, I keep saying to him, it's a moment in time. You'll get through. He's rehabbing really well um, and he's focused on finishing uni. He'll probably take a little Europe trip with his girlfriend, um, you know, in that early part of next season when, nice. you know, when you get to eight or nine months with these things, apparently you can um, want to come back a bit earlier. Yep. I think he's been really clever to just say we'll head off for a few weeks and Good out ideas. of mind, out of sight. So and he then, doesn't actually try and do something stupid. Yeah, and then yeah. comes back in, he'll have finished uni, Back into footy and, and, you know, he's only 21 years of age. and Still got years left in him. Oh, he's a pup. So, um, <laughs> so as you can hear, I'm pretty proud of both the kids and, and my wife and, and live a blessed life. But anything I do, you know, I'll turn 50 next year and anything I do going forward is absolute bonus. So. I like to call it a legacy now. Like we're in a position Good where... Good word. We're in a position where we've brought the kids up. Like my wife's still got a couple of younger ones, but still... They're, we've done our major job. Yes. It's like, let's see what sort of legacy we can do. Or let's just do shit we enjoy now. Yep. You say that, and I always thought 18 in my head was the finish line. Like, once I get to 18, here's the keys to the car. Right. We'll see occasionally for Christmas. I reckon the older they get, the busier they you get. <laughs> yeah, like, it just, I, we just seem so busy. My wife and I are so yeah. busy and, um, and love that and love the chaos and the craziness, and like you don't want it to change, do you? Really? Nah. That's well, the, the chaos is why we live. Yeah, and, and so your legacy calls a great one. Yeah. So you're a man that's been in lots of different positions, and I met you when you were at Gold Coast City Council. Mm-hmm. Um, the irony behind that is that we both knew all the same people in different circles, but had never actually bumped into each other, which I still find amusing. But You've just now made a, a decision in life. And decisions in life as you get a bit older are a little bit harder, I reckon. 
Um, you obviously went and did a few other bits and pieces with other businesses and then you had your little cushy job at council getting to travel around the world with the mayor and you've now decided, bugger that, sport attraction's no longer for me. I want to go out into the real world, get a job that uh, I can make a little bit of a difference or have some fun. Yeah. So you go to a racing car simulation place. What the actual fuck? Yeah, Come on. That's out there. So <laughs> I'll backtrack. I had two stints at uh, City Gold Coast yep. for five years, two, two and a half year stints. Enjoyed every single day of them. Of course. So fortunate You're to be in the sport, role. Mate. I was working as a sport attraction <laughs> officer um, and just so appreciative um, for the opportunity, the managers I had the, the whole way through. I sort of got to that point at the end of this year where um, uh, I suppose – the way I look at things is five years, turning 50, pretty energetic, but now's the time for me to hand the baton over to someone else to come in and do that. And I'm sure they'll replace me. I said this at my going away last week, that someone with a lot of energy and, you know, probably more talented as well, Brett, if we're really honest. Not better looking though. You're an attractive man. Oh, it's the glasses. (laughs) And so um, I think, I think it for me, you come in, you run with that baton as hard as you can. Yeah, of course. Um, I think I've done that well. Um, when I started, we didn't have a ranking in sport. We're now the 26th best sports city in the world. Love that. I have probably contributed a, a miller inch. You missed the bigger one. Number one regional. Oh, the regional. Number We're number one. one. Regional. Hang on. Love that. Love that. <laughs> I love the applause too. Thank you very much. And that, and and I need to context this. This is so many people that on the Gold Coast, and you guys are part of that yeah. that hierarchy. So many people have contributed to that. My job was just to try to enable that as the pig in the middle. You've done a great to job to try to bring businesses and sport and venues and everything together. And um, it's a really, it was a really cool job, and it was really exciting um, to be part of that. And um, Now's an, a, a chance for a new chapter for me um, where I'm pretty passionate about esports and where that world's going and with crossing that, yeah. over into yep. sport and probably raised a lot of eyebrows with people sort of saying, what are you doing? Like you, you're Mr. <laughs> sport and you're getting semi out of sport and more oh, into yeah, getting more into sport. My yes. Friend. And that's what I'm passionate about to say, well, I'm really excited to be part of what I think's the next 10 years of sport. And yep. th- this will be a bit out there call, but, um, you know, we, we saw, um, you know, people, representatives from the Olympics go to Birmingham to watch the three days of esports, And and there's um, crossover now in the Com Games with esports. There's talk through the media that there'll be some futuristic, uh, without it being pinpointed, tied into the Olympics, all that sort of stuff. Los Angeles. Yeah, there you go. You heard it. <laughs> and on. Brisbane 2032. That's right. So I think if that all plays out and what's out there in the media, because that's not me saying that, that's what's, what's out there in public, if that's all going to play out in that way at some point in time, um, I'm really excited for the journey I'm going on with the guys at Next Level Racing to try to be part of that and, and – um, you know, there's two amazing owners, Hess and Tony, that have that have created this company 12 years ago, and um, they they see um, so much opportunity in me to come and help them in their next phase and tie into all of that sort of stuff. So, and to be honest, it's not just car simulation. So the the bit that I find really interesting here is these guys have got deals with NASA, Ferrari, 
V8 supercar. They've got all these massive Boeing. Boeing yep. All these massive companies from a simulation point of view and the, and the technology that they've got. And they're based here on the Gold Coast. It's like your business, they're a Gold Coast business. And and I think the exciting part is um, they're like me when it comes to the Goldie, a bit like yourself. We're so proud of the Gold Coast. So if we can help lift the Gold Coast profile yep. through what our little, what my little role or their company's doing and the Gold Coast gets uh, reputation and leverage off that. Well, I've heard this comment wins, is the so. fact, and that's the owner of the, of the business, is – why would you have your headquarters on the Gold Coast? It's, have you ever been to the Gold Coast? Why wouldn't you? Why would you want to live anywhere else in He's the world? Right. He's and right. And it's so true. It's exactly the reason we do it, mate. I've been given opportunities to move all around the world with yep. what we do. And I sit there and go, no, <laughs> I like living here. Yeah, yep. it's about me and what yep. I can produce. It's not about anything else. So let's get the best people in the world to come work for us here. Yeah, and the, go- the Gold Coast is just such an amazing place and – you know, as I said, I've been really fortunate in sport to work in it, um, work for the AFL, the Suns, City Gold Coast. Um, I had a small stint as the CEO at Queensland Touch. You did, yep. Um, so I've been, I've, I've had lots of touch points, whether it be business, government, uh, mainstream sport, and, and just so blessed, um, you know, and, and so appreciative that, that I've been able to have that journey, Brett. And, and now I've... This just feels right. This just feels exactly Perfect. where I need to go. And, and um, yeah, who, who knows where it could go? Mate, so. it could go very, very far because it's the next big thing. Hey, I could sit and talk to you all day, as you know, because we normally do. So what I've got to do when I wrap this up is a number of questions and a bit of quick fire. You ready? Love What's it. your greatest achievement in life? Um, it's a bubble, but wife and two kids. Who is the person... Who has had the most influence on your career? Um, Can I name one? John Witheriff. And why? Uh, I think when you see what he's achieved in life um, across multiple things, so Sun's chairman 10 years, G-Link chair, um, I think he built the, the road at Toowoomba, you know, was the chair of that, um, and he's been across a lot of different things in the Gold Coast community at a charity level which I'm passionate about with being on the board of the Gold Coast Community Fund. I think he's just, um, yeah, career-wise, he's just been the one, you know, for the last 10 or 15 years that I've known him that's had such a huge impact on my life. And and I hope he listens to this one day and realises how much he's done that. That's awesome. Okay, quick fire. Favourite food? Um, seafood, oysters and prawns. Favourite song? You uh, 2 one Favourite place in the world? The Gold Coast. What's next for Corey Bell? Uh, I think next for me is, I think you touched on it, Brett, taking a little bit of stock of time. I'm not in a midlife crisis. I'll just put this on the record. But I I turn 50 next year. I've come out of a real busy couple of jobs. Um, I'm going into a real busy space and job area. Um, You know, my kids... In the next three weeks, my daughter turns 25, my son turns 21, I turn 50, and my wife three months later turns 50. So we've got all these milestone birthdays for some reason all jammed together. That's awesome. So I'll probably run one party because I'm a bit tired. Good idea. That one I have to oh, pay you just join my 50th. There you go. <laughs> You're in the middle. Oh, happy days. So <laughs> we might do that. We should. And, um, and I think that little line in the sand, if you want to call it, 
is a nice t- chance to reflect, re-energise and, um, you know, I've got the week off in between jobs this week and um, it's just a nice time this week and the next month just to re-energise and, and don't worry, I'll, I'll get those batteries back in and, um, you know, the next couple of years I think is really exciting and, um, yeah, just, just I'm just simmering. I'm just really, really re-energising and really excited. Excellent, mate. Well, as far as I'm concerned, you're an awesome human. Thanks so much for your time today. Thank you, mate. It's been a real pleasure. Thanks, brother. Bye.